Sing this chorus out with us. You pick me up and turn me around. You place my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. You healed my heart and changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. All right. Uh, my name is Phil. I'm one of the staff members here at Waipuna Chapel. 
And uh, we have a saying here, and, and we, we say there's freedom in the house of the Lord. Uh, but real quick before we go into that, let's give it a, a hand to the worship team up here, getting us started off with some excitement and energy and the Holy Spirit. So when the worship team comes back up, we like everybody to take whatever posture feels good for you. When we started this morning, you know, guys are standing up, clapping. You can hear Kaipo over there. Feel free to do that. Um, if you're that kind of person that likes to praise God out loud, put your hands up, clap, sing, do whatever feels right in your heart. If, if, if you're someone like me who just likes to sit there and study and look at everything, do that. Whatever's good for you, that's good for us. So we just, we really invite you to be yourself here. Um, we have a very loving congregation. We like to love on you guys, make you guys feel at home. So again, um, welcome. Um, after worship, uh, we go into a time of offering here at Waipuna, and um, we are here because of your donations. Um, we do a lot with them. Just recently, we've raised over $280,000 for the fire relief fund. So give a clap, shout out to that. Um, one of the greatest things that I got to do, being a guy that came from Lahaina recently and relocated because of the fires, was I was able to give out relief checks to um, some of our people here that were in need. And we gave pretty much 100% of that money already back into the community. So it was great to be able to do that. Um, and it was because of you guys. So we have a couple different ways to give. Um, we have the old school method um, during our time of offering or anytime during uh, the service, we have an offering box over there. You can put a check, cash, put it in an envelope deposit in, and we'll make sure there's a good use of that money. On top of that, you can go directly to our website at waipunachapel.com. There's a way to give there. And then the third way is we have the Church Center app. And there's an app in there that not only allows you to give, but it keeps you um, abreast of all the things that are going on at the church, all of our events, um, service times, emails uh, of staff here. Um, it's in our bulletin um, as far as the events, but you can do that. You can download that Church Center app, and that'll just help you uh, stay with us. So those are the ways that you can um, donate. Now, if you're brand new here and you don't really have a relationship and you just want to check us out, you don't have to give. Just take advantage of, of us. You know, we've got coffee. we got pastries. We can pray for you. Just enjoy your time with us. No need to give. You can build that relationship over time. Um, so I'm going to kind of go over the announcements of what's going on right now. And we are in the time of giving. Um, so we have something called Operation Christmas Child. Every, anybody hear of that before? All right. So over there, we have boxes. They're red and green. So those boxes, they're distributed all over the world. Um, we've had a partnership with Samaritan's Purse for, I think, decades, right, Kaipo? Long time. Uh, there's a couple different ways to do these boxes. Um, you can take one. You can fill it with supplies. There's a list of things online that we're going to give to these children, school supplies, etc. So you can take a box. You can fill it. Um, November 17th, we're actually having like a box party. Um, it's at the other uh, Kula campus, and you can join us there. You can uh, build boxes for the kids, talk story, just be with the Ohana, and just take care of everybody so you can do that way. 
Um, if you don't want to do it as, as you know, uh, complex as that, you can just go online and shop. And you can just go right on there. They give you a list of things to do. You can, you know, donate your time that way. So whatever works for you, um, we can do it. Uh, next up, what we have is, um, it's actually today. So um, that we have a choir that's going to do Christmas caroling. So if you want to get involved in that, it's at 1230. Um, you can go over to our Kula campus and they will train you. You don't have to be a great singer. They might not put you in the lead. They might tell you to be quiet, but you could still have fun and participate. So we can do that for you. Um, it's today. Uh, it's also in the bulletin, so you'll be able to see that. And there's one more announcement. Baptisms, right? That's actually uh, next weekend on Sunday. So we have what we call Aloha Sunday. We do that here, and we also do that at Kula. It's a big potluck for the church family. If you want to get baptized or you know someone that does, there's a couple people. You could talk to Pastor Kaipo over there. You can talk to me. If you're at Waipuna, you could talk to Pastor Sean, and we can get you baptized. It's a great experience. So that happens next weekend. So what I'm going to do is uh, transition over to the worship team. So why don't you guys just take a moment, stand up, talk story with someone, say hi to someone, get someone, uh, get to know somebody, and we'll have them come up. worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great
we sing hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. Little louder, church. How many know God has done some great things? Amen. This, this next song is called Build My Life. And I shared uh, last week that um, this song is, has a special place in um, the worship, our, our worship team. When uh, me and Luke got asked to do worship, this is one of the first songs we, um, was part of our first set. And um, if you know me, I'm like a foodie. Like everything in life relates to food. So you're like... I was like, you know, I was like, told Luke, bro, this song is like, you know, when you marinate teriyaki, bro, and you leave them in a couple days. But that's how this song is. It's really just like marinated in my soul, marinated in um, us, as, and it just resounded. And, and this song talks about building our life and, and him being our foundation. And I know at any time in our world, there's a lot of things going on. You know, we, we've, you know, here at home, we've had... Lahaina, as I know, is still on everybody's heart, what's happening in the Middle East. But, you know, we can break that down even more, just, you know, in our own families, you know. I'm married, I have three children, you know, being a husband and a dad, you know, you go through some stuff, you know. You, you got to pause and, you know, you take account, like uh, my, my daughter, my, my two boys are older. I have a daughter that's a senior and, like, um, Lately, me and my wife have been really reflecting and like, wow, like where did the time go? You know, we can remember her crying on her first day of preschool, right? But, you know, it's those things that whether we have relationship, you know, we're, we're, we're working out relationships in our family, abroad, whether it's in the Middle East, it's so good to know that if he, he's our foundation, amen? He has it. I, I may not understand the details of what, went on in the fire or what what went on over in the Middle East. But I do know this, that I have a heavenly father to call upon, that he holds the future and he holds the present in his hand. And um, that gives me peace. That gives me hope. Amen. So join with us as we sing this.
This next song we're going to sing, uh, it's, it's entitled Make Room. And um, we're going to be kind of diving that, into that on our message today. But there's nothing like um, taking a pause in life. You know, I was sharing with this morning, we, we used to gather and pray before service. And I just shared a little, like, you know, personally, you know, I can... I can definitely fill my schedule, you know, and as a, like I said, uh, again, as a dad and, and as a father, I mean, as a husband, you know, it's almost like that we're, that's, it's like it's, you know, instilled in us to provide for our family. And a lot of times for me, you know, I, I, I take that upon myself and um, I forget that I do have a heavenly father. And I, I tend to, you know, flip that and make it unbalanced a little bit. And, you know, how can I provide for my family? You know, work harder, work more. And um, there is nothing sweeter and there is nothing more productive than pausing and taking time to connect with him um, for guidance, for encouragement, for, you know, those of you in construction. And sometimes you need to plug in and charge your batteries again, you know. We, um, we need that, and he is that. He is that source um, to be the husband I need to be and to be the dad that I need to be. And, and 
you know, it's a constant thing. We're, me and Eric were just talking. It is. It's a constant thing. It's always being aware that we need to make room for him. We need to pause. That we need him. That's where everything comes from. Down to the breath that we wake up with in the morning. And that grace and that, that forgiveness that follows us all day and covers us comes from him. So just uh, as we sing this song, listen to the words as you sing them, and, and um, just let it be your prayer. Amen.
Words can't express, God, how thankful we are that you are holy, Lord, that you are all omnipotent, Father God. There's nothing that goes on, Lord, without your hand, Lord. And yet, Father God, you cover us as your children, Lord. You hold us, Father God. You protect us, God. You, you plan for us, Father God. We just thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. And all we can do sometimes, Lord, is just cry holy, Father God. Father God, I ask that you would bless the tithes and offerings that come in today. Lord, for, for your kingdom, Lord, for your ministries, God, that go out beyond where we can see and where we can imagine, Father God. I pray for Pastor Kaipo this morning, Lord. I just pray that you would use him as an instrument, Lord. And also, Lord, that you would open our ears and our hearts, God, to receive what you have, Lord. Just speak to us, Father God. You know, every one of our situations and where we're at all individually, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would just speak into our situations and our where we're at, Lord. And just draw us closer to you, Lord. In your precious name, amen. Um, the kids can now go to Children's Church through the double doors. Amen. Check two. All right. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Kaipo Thomas, one of the pastors here, and a great honor and privilege to be with you this morning. If you are catching up with us for the first time, we are finishing a series we titled A Better Way, uh, where we were looking through John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, this book is good. This is real good. I mean... What we've been sharing on the last four weekends is really just kind of the iceberg piece. If you want a good little reader or just audible, anybody audible, guys? Or what is the other apps that read to you? Amen. We needed those apps when I was in college. Um, this is a good one. This is a, it's a I mean, I'm going to probably give this another roundabout after this because I just like every time I listen to it, I'm just gleaning more and more information from it. But. What John Mark Comer titles, uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, is talking about an epidemic that is predominantly in the Western culture, where it's just the constant barragement of things to do. Anybody there? I mean, like, Maui, Hawaii is a tough place to live, right? It's expensive. Like, you got to work. Multiple jobs, right? I mean... I don't know about any one household can survive on, on one income. Either one person's working two jobs or two people are working, you know, a, a job each. And you can just be taxed. You add in some kids along the way. You know, you add in some traffic and tourists along the way, right? And you can become a hurry. So 
there, there's some fun um, uh, diagnostic tests. Any, any, okay, so this is kind of, he had a couple fun ones. I'm going to throw in some, some, some local ones in here. Anybody drive down the highway and you just get to the end and you're thinking, hmm, what's in front of me at the bottom of this highway as I get to Hana Highway, Rehalakala, Hana Highway, and you're thinking, cement trucks, buses, what's that a little bit shorter? Anybody there? Right? And you're just like, maybe you're not in a hurry, but maybe you don't want to wait. Right? And you get to Costco, right? And you're thinking, I say, wait in this line, and you see another one pop open, and you don't actually want to be, like, too aggressive, but you're thinking, I'm going to be the person in that line, right? Oh, here's an out country, right? I do this all the time. You stand at Pukalani Superette, and the line is getting kind of long, and you're thinking, there's three registers here. Make the call for the guy in the back to come and open this other register. I've seen you do it before. I got to go, Right? My car, my, my, my kids are in the car at the moment, right? And uh, I better go get them. Or, or Foodland, and they had eight registers, and only two is open. And he's thinking, bro, let's get this moving. Okay, if you're there, right, and, and, and maybe you're there, maybe you're not, right? Maybe you live in Huelo, and you just made it out, and it's the first time in six weeks you came out to civilization. Um, we all kind of in this place, right? Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of hurry in you, right? And, and all the local boys in here, you're not off the hook. I, so there's, there's the diagnostic test, right? But there's, and then there's symptoms, right? Symptoms. Anybody hear about the short fuse? Anybody hear about the short fuse? Bruh, that guy is shaka. He's so cool all the time, relaxed, just a jokester. But you say the wrong thing, and it's just like, snap. Like, you know, quick backhands. In my family, it was uh, the cracked neck. Syndrome. We also describe each other like, oh, brah, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, go back to sleep, wake up on the other side, right? It's that, it's the characteristics of irritability, right? The constant grump face. Anybody there? Right? Anybody walk around somebody and say, brah, smile. Smile sometimes. And then the guys cannot even smile, right? They smile and it's awkward looking. And you're like, just go back to your other face. It's better. Yeah. It's there. I mean, you think about the local guys sometimes. It's, it can have just, you know, those cool guys, aloha spirit all the time. But you say the wrong thing, you do the wrong thing, and it's just like they're riding your tail on the road to Hana. It's probably me, bro. It's probably, i just tell you right now, I don't have too much Jesus stickers. The one Jesus sticker out of my truck is Pray for Maui. Because there's guys like me on the Hana Highway. It's thinking, bro, I'm not trying to be two hours into Hana. I'm trying to make an hour. Let's go. I got to go. Just so I can relax. Anybody? Doesn't make sense, right? You hurry just so you can relax. Silly, silly, okay? Anyway, if, if you got some of the symptoms, right? Irritability, restlessness, isolation. Um, John Mark Homer says, right? Hurry is um, violence to our soul. If there's anything out there that um, is, is something that can decay us from the inside out, it's this fast pace of life. Yeah, it's a fast pace of life. Um, like this one evangelist uh, from Africa. Um, <clears throat> I listened to him a, f- a few times. He says, you know, us in Africa, we no more watches and we get plenty of time. You guys in America, you guys all get watches and no more time. Yeah. Dallas Willard says, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. We must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from our lives. 
And so we've been talking about, right, how do we, how do we eliminate hurry, right? How do we change the pace of life? And Jesus says, uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, says, come unto me, all who weary and are heavy laden or labor, right? And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, right? So the pathway to eliminating hurry is really aligning our our lives with the alignment of Jesus, right? Aligning with the lifestyle of Jesus. So you think about Jesus, theology is kind of massive, right? Theology, theos, God, ology, study of, so the study of God, a massive aspect of Christianity, understanding who God is, what makes God think, and what's the desires of his heart, the goal, how scriptures read, like that's a massive aspect of Christianity. Theology helps us to understand the ethics of God, right? The morality, what is right, what is wrong, like we should try to understand those things as well, but those things aren't the primary, and I say that really thoughtfully, right? Theology and ethics are, are massive in Christianity. But if you had to glean from one aspect of God, the lifestyle of Jesus would trump both those two. How Jesus, Jesus lived every day, how he treated people, how he related with God, the pace of his life, right? And so when... Jesus is talking about come unto me and labor and rest. He's saying, be, be united with me. Be yoked on me and follow my pace. Follow my practices. And the result of that will be oh, rest. Sorry. Yeah? And not just rest. You could spell rest, H-E-A-L. Th. Health. You guys got that? So you guys say, I noticed some blank faces like, <laughs> we're, we're all right, we're all right. Like, like what, does, what does Jesus want for us? Health. Physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, right? Health. The pace of the world is not healthy. It's counterculture to what God actually wants for us. Right? And, and, and if you've been coming, right, you, you've been coming to church a little bit and, and you're trying to make some changes, over time it gets a little more complicated. Why? You're not actually saying no to bad stuff. Like when you first come to the Lord, you, you're learning like what the bad stuff is and you're like, okay, I got to learn how to say no to that. But over time... Most of that stuff is kind of eliminated. And then you got to learn how to say no to good stuff and good people so that you can do the God stuff. We're right? Okay, so um, John Mark Homer has been listing out a, a few practices, right? So, so far we've talked about quiet and solitude. Um, Cole did a great job talking about the Sabbath rest. You know, rest was from the beginning, pre-fall. Right, Jesus created every day. It was it's good, it's good, it's good. Created humanity. He says it's very good. Day seven, right? He took a day off. Right? So good. Um, today we'll talk about simplicity, right? And um, there's even a, a fourth one that John Mark Comer uh, covers. We, we won't get that to today. But um, 
when, we, when we're talking about these things, these are spiritual disciplines. Yeah, spiritual disciplines. And John chapter 15, such a good chapter, right? If you got time to, to easy read, John 15 is, is one of my favorite ones. When, when I was in my early days of doing youth ministry, my kids all knew that I, this was my favorite one because I would preach on John 15 all the time. Um, but it talks about being connected to the vine. Right? The branch cannot bear fruit unless it's connected to the vine. He's talking about a vineyard, right? The, 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 um, the analogy is this, this vineyard, right? Where grapes come from, use the grapes, make wine. And, and grapes by nature are wild, right? They, they grow on the ground and, and the grapes that are on the ground are spoiled. The grapes that are above, like not touching the ground are the ones that you can eat. But they're normally like left unmanaged, uh, right? And uncultivated they just grow wild, and, and some of the grapes are good, some of the grapes are bad, but left unattended, right, it, it doesn't actually produce what it's, uh, it's potentially able to create. And when we're talking about spiritual disciplines, right, Jesus says we got to stay connected. And in order to stay connected and allow the fruit that God has for our lives to be produced in its maximum area, we got to be supported, these are the, the, the vineyard uh, uh, trestles, right? These are the, the support beams. And there's so many different types. You, you can study these. They're actually pretty cool. Like some, some uh, vines grow uh, vertical, some grow horizontal. And so the vines, um, or, or you would find a, 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 a trellis that supports whatever type of vine it is. But this is the, great, the greatest example I can, imagery of what a spiritual discipline can do for our spiritual lives. That we are the vine and God is trying to produce fruit in our lives. And in order for the fruit, the godly fruit to be produced in our lives, we got to have support around us. Right? And so when John Mark Homer highlights uh, uh, these practices... Right, these spiritual disciplines. I mean, along with these are what? Prayer, getting into God's word, hanging out with other people who are like-minded. Right? When we're talking about these things, this is never commanded from Jesus, but it is always practiced by Jesus. I mean, I'm sure it's kind of like Rhoda. There's a handful of different types of techniques, and whoever you learn from with whatever horse and whatever event, you're going to have certain techniques Right, differ from tradition to tradition. Right? It's going to be something that's practiced and you, you catch it more than you're taught it. You guys get that? So these areas, right, it's never a command, but if we want the result of the life of Jesus, you're going to practice his lifestyle. We're going to align ourselves to his practices and his lifestyle. We all right? Okay. All right, so um, let's pause, we'll pray, and we'll, we'll talk about simplicity, and then we'll, we'll try to get on into this world and try to live a more simple life, right? So let's, let's pray and ask God for that. Uh, Jesus, we give you praise for this morning. Even as I uh, think about this morning's message, I, I'm, there's a little bit of hurry. Hurry to get through the slides. Hurry to get through the, the points. Um, but Jesus, this morning, I, I pray that uh, you would be here, Lord, and help this morning's message to be simple. Simple for us to hear. Simple for us to grasp, God, and along with your help, God, uh, 
simpler to instill into our lives. Um, thank you, good Lord, that uh, your love is simple. Your gospel is simple. Powerful and dynamic, Lord, able to change and transform our lives, but simple. For God so loved the world that he gave, and you still give, God. And so we ask, Lord, this morning that you would give us some of your wisdom and insight into the lives that we live. And, um, yeah, we pray that the result would be health, Lord, rest, that we would all finish the race, God, that's in front of us honoring you and honoring those around us along the way. Um, so we need your help, Lord, to do that. Be with us this morning, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. All right, so when we're thinking about simplicity, right, maybe, maybe you think your house is supposed to look like this, right? It's like the modern, the more modern white walls and, you know, beds that fall down and flat screens that pop up and, no kids and no toys and no dirt, right? Centralized AC, no wind blowing dust into your house, right? Or maybe this is more simple for you, right? Maybe you're eclectic or artistic and you're like, this is actually my idea of simple, right? What John Mark Comer is talking about is neither, right? It's not so much an exterior simplicity, but an interior simplicity, Simplicity can be defined, a lifestyle where people intentionally seek to live with only the things that they really need. You know the concept of storage units are? It's crazy, right? If you have a patch of land and you build some garages, people will pay you to hold their stuff. Stuff that they what? Don't really need, right? Here's another definition. The intentional promotion of the things that we most value and the removal of the things that most distract. Anybody there? You guys have some people in your lives that are distractions? I'm just saying, right? Here's another definition. To say yes to the things of God and no to everything else that might distract us from his presence and his purpose. Simplicity is a lifestyle of intentionality and focus. Here's a couple of scriptures. <clears throat> we, we've, we've talked about these a few times in this series, but just to repeat, Matthew 6.33 in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Right? So here's the first practice. To practice simplicity, we want to put God first in every area of our life, right? In order to get the God result out of this life, we want to put him first. So, see, some people think that they, they can get a God result from their life and yet live a life according to their own rules, their own laws, and their own rhythm to life, right? I tell my kids that all the time, like as they grow up, uh, 80, 60, 80% of the kids who graduate from high school, they graduate from the church and they don't really return back to the church until they have a young family. That's at least statistically speaking. And, and that's fine with me. Just don't call the God, res just don't call the result of your life godly or blame God when it's not godly if you're doing your own thing. We're tracking, right? 
if, if the world that we are living in right now is getting us to a place where we're rec- uh, restless and anxious and in a hurry and, and you don't like the result of it, God is providing us with an opportunity to do life a little bit different. Not that we cannot do things, but the things that we do, let's do them with intentionality and purpose and focus. The disciples asked Jesus of all the things that Jesus did, they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And, and this is how Jesus taught his disciples. And when you pray, start it this way, our Father. Don't get in a hurry. Just pause for a moment. When you pray, he's not a God in a distance. He's not a statue that you pray to that's mute. He's a God who's living and he wants to be more than a God who's far away in heaven. He can actually be our, our father, a friend even, right? He says, what do you pray? Pray like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, not just exteriorly, but in my own life. Like Jesus says, when you pray, just align it all. God, call God for who he is and then align yourself with what he is and who he is and what his desires are. We track you there? Right, Jesus says, when you pray, pray like this. God, not my will be done, but yours be done in my life because I know that you're a good God and when your will is unfolded in my life, my life is shaka. Right? My life is more better when your will is unfolded in my life than my will in my life. I mean, think about your own life. If you could plan out, like think about the past, I don't know, 10 years, five years, I don't know, past two years. And if you could plan your life out the best way possible to get the best result. You guys probably doing that already. Anybody here raise your hands? You guys thinking about sex next six months, 12 months, right? The, the, this year is ending fast, right? You're just thinking about health or finances or coming. Anybody there, Right? I'm there all the time. I was thinking about this morning. He's like, oh, man, praying about some stuff, right? End of the year, finances, all those things, right? I will make room for you to do whatever you, wait, finances, you know? Like, or even that, what is the other song we are singing? Build my life on the love of God. That's a challenge. Anybody build your life on your finances and your time and your effort? How do you build our lives? Ty, you were singing that song. I don't understand that. Build my life on love. Love doesn't pay the bills, bro. Anybody there sometimes where it's like, man, I got to work, right? Counterculture. Okay, so um, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. As in, here's some areas that, that we could uh, put our, it's coming, it's coming. How about your finances, right? Just put some skin in the game. How about we try for a little bit putting God first in our finances, right? You ask anyone in here who's tithing, right? We talk about tithing pretty much every single week. Not, not a lot, but it, right, this giving unto God. That Can we do more with 100% of what God gives us without God? Or can you do more with God with less finances but with God's favor? You guys caught that? Right, if I, if I don't give unto God, that's saying I can... Do more without God's presence, with 100% of what comes in, than with less money, but with God's favor, right? And the truth is, right, you ask anybody who gives faithfully unto God, none of them have lack. 
And it's not just financial. Spiritual, emotional, mental. Like as they put God first in their finances, God meets them there and they actually have abundance. Right? And the scripture says, put God to the test. Right? And in all the scriptures, like 66 books, God says, put me to the test in this area. 25% of the, of the teachings of Jesus when he was here dealt with finances. Jesus says, put me to the test in this area. Put me first in this area. Seek my kingdom first in this area and see if I will not open up the floodgates of heaven, right, and provide everything that you need, right, and the things that you're not even asking. Here's another area, our sexuality, right? Marriage instituted pre the fall, right? And, and I would say not, uh, when we talk about sexual uh, Sexuality within, within Christianity, right? It's easier to follow the God route because there's only two, right? There's a man and there's a woman and God creates a man and a woman to be together to create a godly family, to produce godly kids, right? And that was God's plan to have a godly man and a godly woman seek God, produce kids that would populate the earth like heaven on earth, right? And when we're talking about sexuality, like in this area, right, people, when they, we're not putting God first in their area, will we'll try to satisfy those desires in ungodly ways. Think about Solomon, the wisest of all people, right, the richest of all people. He had a lot of wives, and his life was very complicated, right, and very ungodly in those times. To be simpler, right, in those areas within our marriage, right, and also I would add singleness, like the worst place you can be as a single is hoping that you marry. And the worst place you can be as a married person is hoping that you single. Right? We want to be happy and content in the areas where God has given you. Because all of those, singleness and marriage, are all temporal. You guys catch that? That's all formats of this time. Like there's going to become a time where we all stand before God and we're all... We're neither husbands nor wives. We're all children of God. I mean, I don't even understand how that's going to be. But in heaven, right, my wife is not really going to be my wife. But she's going to be a daughter of God. I'll be a son of God. And hopefully we're all there in the end worshiping God. Right? And then probably another one. I don't know. I'm just choosing some of these. Right? Politics can get confusing sometimes. Right? There's things that can be divisive within choosing a party. You know, but we're talking about simplicity. Every one of these areas, right, we can put God first. Here's a second practice, right? Focus on what is eternal. In that Matthew chapter 6, right, we, we referred to these uh, two times. Right? Here's the third one. Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Where your treasure is, there your heart also will be. Here's another one, Luke 12, 15. And he said to them, take care and be on guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. 
I'll give you a couple more. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. This is the, the rich young ruler who came to Jesus. Jesus, ever since I was a little kid, I was a good Jewish boy, I kept all the Ten Commandments. Like I gave to the poor, like I did all the things, right? And he came and says, what else must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, if you want the riches of heaven, give away the riches of this world. Come and follow me and you'll be good. Right? And the story is that the, that the young, rich Jewish kid, he left sad. Why? Because his treasure was more and the treasures on earth. Right? And what a crazy trade. Like, can I have treasure in heaven? Right? Jesus, yes. You can have much treasure in heaven. Right? But your hands are full. Get rid of the stuff in your hands now. And I'll put the, the, the heavenly treasures in there as well. And the kid left sad. Why? Because he clinged to the things that he had worked so hard for. Right? And wasn't willing to trade those things in for what really mattered. Mark 4, 19. But the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires of other things enter in, and they choke the word, and it proves faithful. Right? This is a story where Jesus is talking about God's word. And he uses this parable of a farmer who goes out and sows the good seed of God's word. And what is the seed supposed to produce? Good fruit, right? Good fruit and riches and provisions in our lives. In the physical, in the spiritual, in the emotional, in the mental. Right? We have opportunity to live this godly life. But the analogy is some of the seed falls amongst the thorns. And the thorns are the things and the cares of this world. And as the God's as the godly parts of, um, uh, as God starts to birth himself inside of us and groom godly practices inside of us along the way, the riches of this world and the what? The deceitfulness of riches can come in and choke out what God is trying to do. Right? What type of riches? Deceitfulness. He's not saying, like, be poor and live on the side of the road. Right? What he's saying is that there, there's a, a, an aspect with riches, right, that can get us off track real easy. And it's not just the rich who are deceived, but even poor people longing to be rich can be deceived as well. Like I've done uh, mission projects in developing countries, right? And a lot of the people in foreign countries want to be like the West. Why? The, the West, they're not poor, right? They're rich and all these guys, you know. And it's just like the, the longing, even though they're living in poverty, the longing to be like the West is what? It's a lie. Right? And what is the lie? That if I have more, I can be happy. If I have more, I can be at rest. If I have more, right, then I'm not going to be at need. And then you come here to the West and we have so much. And yet there's still great need, right? Desire for more. How many Amazon? Amazoners out there, Amazoners, right? So easy, right? You be sleeping, wake up, bing, 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 right? Notifications coming on. It's just alerts all the time of the newest salespeople. I mean, think after the, they call it the second um, industrial revolution, right? After the war uh, or during the war, all these industries and factories were um, created to what? 
to, to build the tanks and the weapons, right, for the war. And after the war closed, right, and the war happened, all these people were in there, and all the great masterminds of, right, the American culture got together and says, let's shift what is going on. And what was birthed? Marketing, right? What was birthed? Industry, right? Imagine that, right? Pre-war, no one ever really thought about how do I market this to somebody and get it in front of them. Right, it, most people in the farming part of our country, right, they bought out of what need, right? They're not trying to buy numerous things. They probably buy one thing and try to fix it, and they're gonna go shopping for things that they really need. Post the war, people started to shop for things that they wanted, and people learned, right? The, all the the all the, the the rich guys are controlling the country. Started thinking, how can I do that more? And and fast forward to devices that we have around us all the time that can just email us or notify us or, you know, through media or even friends or they can text us. And we get those, it's not phone calls anymore. You get like texts like, oh, I'm at this. I don't even remember signing up for Some of the things I get is from my wife. My wife doesn't actually use her email or her number. She uses my email and my number. Bro, so I get all kinds like Aloha bags, women in here, Aloha clothing, Aloha bags. Bro, I don't even own one of those and I get alerts all the time, you know? But behind this is, is not necessarily a God culture saying that you need this and you need that. It's a culture and a practice of the world. Right? Buying things that moth and rust can destroy. And it's not eternal. And it's not eternal. After the rich young ruler leaves, Jesus turns and he says, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom. She's not actually talking about a camel and like a needle needle. Entering in and out of um, cities, would, they would call the, the entranceway after the gates were closed, the eye of the needle. And in order to get into there, right, as a human, you could just go in and walk. But if you had animals, you would have to unpack the animal and the animal would have to crunch down just to get through the opening if you, if you got to a town before closing hours. And that's what Jesus says, like, how difficult is it for a camel to get into the city after the wall is closed? The only way to do that is to strip itself of everything that they are carrying and walk through the entranceway without anything else. How difficult is it for us to make it through heaven? Very difficult. Why? We're going to have to get rid of everything that we have in this world. I'm not saying throw all your stuff away and live on the beach. Even though if the beach is pretty, it wouldn't be a bad thing. Right? What Jesus is saying is we cannot be clinging to those things as the hope of our lives. Right? Here's the, what is offered to us in God. That when we're talking about the gospel, the good news of Jesus, everything that we need in life is made available right now through Jesus, right? Which is very counter culture to American gospel that says the more you have, the happier you will be. How's this quote? This is a, actually a really good quote. It says the Western world, that in the Western world, materialism has become the new dominant system of meaning. Atheism has been replaced, right, 
or atheism hasn't replaced the culture of Christianity, shopping has. Yeah? I read that and I was thinking, that's actually like, right? The, the debate is never like, is there a God or isn't there, isn't there a God? A lot of people are like, there is a God, and yet we don't actually practice the lifestyle of God. We know that God exists, but yet the competition isn't Godlessness. It's the fulfillment of my own needs, right? Which can be through, through shopping, can be through the sexual stuff, the politics, the marriage, singleness, like satisfying carnal desires that we have in us rather than trusting in God to satisfy those things according to his wisdom and his glory. There were, when, when Jesus was on earth, it was a polytheistic culture, right? So 2,000 years ago, right, Romans ruled that part of the country, but it was a, a Greek culture, a lot of different gods. Jesus didn't spend too much time talking about gods, but there was one God that he actually did highlight, and it was the God of money, right? It was the God of money. And Jesus says, and here in Matthew chapter 6, right, 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God or the closest second in Jesus' mind is money. Like, is God going to be the provider or are, your, are you going to be the provider, right? Um. Here's another one. We must shift America from a need-to-desire culture, right? People must be trained to desire, uh, to want new things even before the old things have been entirely consumed. Man's desire must overshadow his needs, right? This is the, the thought process, right, behind the, the, the world that we're living in right now. The real issue isn't our stuff, right? The issue is our insatiable need, right, for more and more and more. The Apostle Paul says, here's the things we really need. But if you have food and clothing, and I would even add shelter, right, that should be enough. Right? If you can eat and you're not walking around naked, right, and you have a place to rest at night, that should be enough Jesus backs it up a little bit more and he says don't even worry about those things what things the basic fundamentals right the basic fundamentals of of life and existence food water clothing shelter Jesus says don't worry about your life what you will eat or drink or about your body what you will wear is not life much more than those things so what is Jesus saying Life is more than material. Life is worth more than just these, just the basics, really. But we're not even talking about the basics, amen? It's the extra. It's all the extras, the fluff, all the extra stuff. Simplicity. Here's some action steps. A purchase pause. And you add just, I don't know, however many days. November is around the corner. What do we celebrate in November? I'm glad you guys said Thanksgiving and not Black Friday. <laughs> right? I just started out there. 
I'm thankful on Thursday, Friday, I want more, right? Thankful for I have on Thursday, Friday, I need more, I want more, right? And there's other Black Fridays throughout the year. I never even know how, oh, Prime Day. Ever know Prime Day? I, never, I think there's more than one Prime Day in the year. Wasn't there just one Prime Day? Like in October? I, I really feel like there was another Prime Day in the spring. I'm just saying. Right? And then there's the, what is the biggest shopping day of the year? The day after Christmas, supposedly, where everybody gets stuff. And then they return the things that have been given to them? That's nuts, bro. It's nuts. I actually went, this was like, this was before they started regulating and before more online stuff. But anybody gone to a Black Friday like a handful of years ago, like six, eight years ago, when it was like if you showed up at like 3 a.m. in the morning and waited in line. I was single. I never had kids. And I was like, bro, I'm going to go one year, right? So we went to, um, where did we go? Target wasn't even built. It was a Walmart. It was a Walmart, right? And, and for whatever reason, I was like committed. I'm like, I'm not going to be the 4 a.m. guy. Right after dinner, we went at like 12 o'clock, bro. I was like, bro, let's go. I don't even know who was with me. And we got in so early that never have line and they never closed the doors um, uh, f- for the morning troops. And so we just hung out at Walmart all night. <laughs> and so the guys who were in there stayed for like lunch moment. And throughout the store, they had all the discount items that were on pallets, and they were all saran wrapped. So I go down, and I'm like, bro, this is shaka, right? And I'm thinking, so so crazy, right? I never actually need anything. But I was thinking Operation Christmas Child. I'm going to buy some gifts for kids in foreign countries. So there was these, like, um, crayon boxes, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get these. or a super discount, right? And so I'm waiting, and it's a countdown, and it's like, I think it was 4 a.m. They would they started going around and, and, and cutting things open, right? So I'm there and get a couple of aunties around me. Not a real long line, right? Who's actually there that early in the morning that's waited and was in the... So I'm there. I'm like, great. And, and, and you can kind of like, you could hear the, the tremors of like boxes opening up and guys, rah, like, you know, there was the laptop ones that was in this aisle and guys were grabbing laptops and throwing it over the stand to their friend who was like, never make them like, hey, one is coming over and throwing laptops over like the aisles. Anyway, so I'm there, right? I'm, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to grab a box, right? And, and leave, right? And there's probably, I don't know, half dozen of us around the crayons. And so they cut it open, bro. And I go to grab and one auntie's just like, yeah. She grabs one and pulls it out, bro. Cracks me in the head. And literally, I, I was bleeding on my forehead. I'm like, Okay, this is gonna get that. <laughs> right? And it's just some more stuff. Right? I'm thinking, what am I doing? You know, why am I here? Crayons, uh, all night long with crayons, scrapping aunties. <laughs> How about purchase pause through the end of the year? Okay. I don't know. I, I don't shop that often, and I like to get things cheaper. So a lot of times, the only time I do shop is Black Friday, just confession, because I like things cheaper. But just assess, right? Self-assess where you are, right? Self-assess where you are. Do you actually really need to have those things, right? Okay, so purchase pause. How about possession purge? And even if you don't do the first one, you got to do the second one anyway, right? Like before you buy new stuff, you got to make room for new stuff. 
Um, and, and here's one, just inquire before you buy, especially if it's expensive. Like, what is the cost, right? What is the, the real cost for the item you're getting? Not just the price, but what is it going to cost you? Is it going to cost you more time, more energy, right? You get the new car, and then you got to keep them clean, and you got to wash them rather than the used one, and you got to clean them. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, my wife and I were planning our family and thinking we were going to have kids. We wasn't buying brand new vehicles, right, that I would have to think about. I don't want to get it scratched or crayoned or we just bought used so I don't have to feel guilty. I'll clean it whenever I get to it, you know. Okay, okay, let's, 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 let's wrap this up. Last one, verse 3, or, or, or uh, the third point. point. Um, in order to practice simplicity, center your life on God's purposes. Yeah. Oh, not, how about that? I'm not going to share that verse. Here's one. Here's one. Here's a better one. Anybody remember this verse? Anybody? Life verse for some people? 99% of the time, it's taken out of context. Yeah? Um, Luke was leading worship. We had a friend, um, Sam Sear, who's a, a golfer. And this was actually one of his, his verses. And it was always about golfing. And, you know, he actually did real good, putting God first. And chasing golf made a career out of it. Um, this doesn't have anything to do, though, with, like, activities or accomplishing things. It actually do, has to do with contentment. Here's, here's the context. Philippians 4, verse 10. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. So the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Philippi. The church of Philippi is meeting some of his needs, Right? You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity to help me. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And in this area of need... He can do all things through God who gives him strength. So when he's hungry, he's dependent on God. When he's satisfied, he's dependent on God. When he's on high places, he's dependent on God. Right? When he's humbled and in low places, he's dependent on God. He can be, right, for him, all things to all people in all different places. Why? God gives him the strength to be what? Content. It's a hard thing to do, to be content with where you are, with what you have, right, in whatever moment. So um, I just drove out of Hana this morning. I, I spent the last two weeks trying to be content. There's a verse in, in Mark, um, I think it's Mark chapter 8. Jesus says, um, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? And for me, the, the last stretch hasn't been to gain more stuff. Like, I don't have a shopping, you know, I have a ton of money and I'm not, I don't know. I shop here and there, but my craving for more is, is in, like, just God stuff all the time. So April 
is normally a mellow month, right? I, I take time off on my birthday month, and, and then May is normally a little busy because I'm, I'm ramping up for the summer, right? So May, June, normally, like, I don't have much time off of summer camps and hanging out with the kids. So in my mind, July, I was going to have a little bit of resting period. Those two weeks of resting period came and went. And then in my mind, I was thinking, oh, August, all the kids are back in school, back to rhythm, a schedule going to clear. And, and my wife and I had planned four days in, in Hana. Well, the day we were supposed to leave was the day after the fires, right? And, and, and rather than leaving, we stayed. And, and I just, I worked, and I worked, and I worked. And, and, and my work is like, right, the first two weeks we were in Kula, chopping down trees for people. I mean, one of the guys who we, we met uh, was praying to God when we showed up at his property to cut down a tree. And I was partnering with, like, Mormons that just, had just showed up. And he was a Mormon who had left the Mormon church. And, and we showed up, and he's like, okay. And he came down to the church and was sat in his car and said, God, I'm not going to get out of here unless somebody walks up to me. And then uh, Till Milne walked up and said, hey, how's it going? Like, you here? What's happening? And, and long story short, he just got baptized at the beginning of October. Right? Like, he was sitting down in his house by himself thinking, like, man, my life sucks right now. Like, all the houses around me burnt. Like, I'm alone, and my life is falling apart, and I don't got things going on. And, and I was able to, with God's help, to assist them, you know. And, and it, was like day, it was like that every other day. I mean, I met this one lady who, who uh, was at the top of or, or uh, south of uh, Upper, upper Kimo and, and the property you know, all that, that whole valley. Anyway, it was all burned. And, and, and one of the days we were there chopping trees, say, hey, you've been up here and I've been listening to your sermons online. And it was one that we did on resurrection, uh, the first Corinthians chapter 15. She goes, that was a good one. I'm going to keep on listening. Right? And being able to pray with people and help people. And it's like so good, but it was so much stuff. And my life was literally falling apart. Irritability, bro. Short-tempered with my girls, scrapping with my wife. And, and, and not that life got to be perfect, but just the, the things that, the normal conversations that we wouldn't necessarily argue about. It was big explosions. And my wife said, you got to stop. And you know what I said? I said, it's not just my problem. It's your problem too. So blinded. So, after the two-year celebration, I just said, I got to unplug for a little bit. And we just stayed home. We just stayed home. And I never know. I never even have one plan. I just said, I just cannot be doing this. And uh, called some friends. They had a, their, their house in Hana was open. So, Tuesday, we went out to Hana. And Hana's, like, always been, I'm not sure if you guys caught the, the, the first message. I was talking about this Eremos, right? This place where Jesus would retreat to all the time. A place of solitude, quietness. It's just a, right? For me, it, I, when I was single, I always used to run away to Hana, right? Turn my phone off and just, you know, but I cannot just do that anymore. You know, I got kids and, anyway, we've got a chance to go beachfront property and, oh man, the weather has been amazing, right? We showed up and it was just light corners. You could see every mountain peak on the big island, Right? And I was like, oh, I had my dive gear, you know, but I had my kids. <laughs> and what was that? Discontentment, you know, like it wasn't good enough just for me to be there and be with my family. 
I needed to get in the water. I definitely got in the water. But it, restlessness, discontentment. The John Mark Comer's book says, guys who are in that pace of life, when they, the guys who have it the worst, it takes them minimum a week. And it literally took me eight days before I really started to settle it. And, and God, was, God was helping me because Hana was beautiful. But then there was, like, it just got more beautiful. <laughs> like, I showed up on day one. I'm like, bruh, this is like a 9 out of 10 day in Hana. Right? And I'm like, I was grateful just to be there. You know? And then the next day was, like, nicer. And the next day was, like, even nicer. Right? And then the trades came on. And then it just brought a whole new. And then two nights ago, right around sunset, um, the moon, or full moon last night was, like, I think, with the first full moon, right? I'm not sure anybody been, like, uh, Alao Island. So right, right by Koki, there's that island that's kind of off there. Like, we were driving back from the beach. We had just spent the afternoon at Hanabe. And we're coming right at, like, sunset. And the sun had already made its way down. And the, 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 the clouds started to change. And we got past the uh, Koki, and we looked out. And the moon was just rising, and the water was just a mirror of the skies. Right? And I just felt like God was saying, God was working overtime. I was like, like Romans chapter 1 says, God has clearly seen in the things that he's created. Right? And I stop and I look, and I'm like, it's almost like God says, Kaipo, things are good on the first day, but you've committed to put me first. And it got better on the second, got better on the third, got better, right? It just kept on getting better. And then um, we got invited to a barbecue last night. One of my wife's friends, the dad bought 20 acres above Hana. It's the highest lot, like elevation-wise, in Hana. And we got up there, and I had never seen Hana from that view. Like above it is the national park. 20 acres that he had kind of developed, and there's this little flat. And I got up there, and I just said, Dad, like, this, that's actually what I wanted, you know? Like, that's what I need every day, like, moments with God. So I drove up from Hana this morning to come here to be with you. And you know where I'm going after this? I'm going to go back. <laughs> I'm going to go back because Mondays are normally a day off. I tell my wife, you stay out here, and I'm coming back. I was living an unhealthy life, doing good stuff. Too much good stuff. My life was cluttered with all good stuff. 50, 60 hours a week doing good stuff, and it just was bad. It was bad. Like God wants us to be healthy. He wants us, what is John chapter 10? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to bring life. Life how he designed it. Life to the most. And we're not going to get that chasing the rabbit, right? Or the, the rabbit chasing the, the carrot. Like you never catch it, right? You can buy and buy and buy and do and do and do and still not be content. Still feel like you want more. So that's my pledge.
My pledge is to say no to good stuff. What's your pledge? Right? What's quietness, solitude? You know? Sim- simple, the simple life. What does that look like for you? It's not, not easy to do, right? But you're not alone, you know? Let's, let's figure out how to get that dialed in. We all right? Um, okay, that's it. I want to pray. We good? <clears throat> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pray, we'll sing, and uh, you guys can hang out. We'll hang out. Uh, if you guys need prayer after, you know, come talk to us. Use those connect cards. Um, I, w- I would love if 100% of us in here, we just are a little bit more restful, right? A little bit more rest- rested, a little bit more healthy. You know, let's, let's help each other do that. Amen. How about we stand? Let's stand and I'll pray and then we'll, we'll sing and we'll, we'll, we'll close up this morning. Ah. Jesus, we give you praise for this morning. Lord, thank you for each person that's in this place today. I, I, I think it's a timely, right? I, I, I know you knew who would be here this morning, God, to, to hear your heart, to hear your desires, your heart for health, God, your heart for rest. Thank you that there's clear routes, God, for us to take, you know, routes of quietness and solitude, simplicity, Lord. We need your help, Lord, to do that this morning. So, Lord, I pray for those this morning who are, you know, restless, irritable, discontent, Lord, with their life and the things that they have and where they are. Jesus, I pray that today and in the days ahead, Lord, they would insert you, Lord, into their lives and find a better way, a better way to do life. The the way of this world, the way of our culture doesn't breathe godliness it it breathes selfishness god and a lack of health so father i pray that you know whether it's uh times in hana or the quietness of our living room or the quietness of a night lord i pray that we would have moments where we could just be with you and be with our loved ones and lord i pray for long afternoons for people afternoons where they can you know put luck again and Hang out with friends and have conversations, God, without thinking of looking at their phones or thinking about what's coming up next. I pray, God, that we would be a people who's present with you and present with one another. And I feel like that's just that pace of there's always something else coming, God. It's something we can get sucked into real quick. So we ask for your favor, God, in this. We ask for your blessing, God, that we may be able to uh, battle against the thief who wants to still kill and destroy the life that you have brought, God. And in replacement of that, as we fix our eyes on you, God, we pray that you would birth in us life as you have designed it to be lived out. And so, yeah, we honor you this morning, Lord. Thank you for honoring us in this series. Yeah, Lord, for all these things, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're just going to worship our way out of here, so join us with this last song.
sing his chorus. Come, let us sing. Come, let us sing a song, a song declaring that we belong to Jesus. He's all we
Amen. God bless. God bless.